Well, John's Gospel, chapter 14, verse 1, Jesus says, let not your heart be troubled. And that's, that verse came to me this morning, and I want to speak on that, I want to speak on how we can live trouble-free lives in our hearts, okay? Because one thing's for sure, in this world you're going to have trouble. Jesus said that as well. In this world you'll have tribulation. Tribulation means trouble. But you could maybe say tribulation means trouble. It's a different trouble because you're a Christian. It's a tribulation. Okay? But folks, trouble uh, is with us. Trouble is in the earth. Trouble is in this world. In this world you'll have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, Jesus said. But it's very easy to be troubled at this time and season when we look around us. We've spoke before about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. We've had plague or pestilence uh, and you know they're telling us other plagues are coming. Uh, we've had war or we're having war right now and, and, and I'll say this and I'm not being doom and gloom but I'm, I, re I read a lot online about it and watch stuff and the prospect, possibility of a nuclear conflagration is very real. I believe we can pray and, and avert it, and maybe just avert it for us here in uh, the British Isles or here in Scotland, but it, it could kick off elsewhere. Anyway, and then of course we have famine because uh, we have all the... And famine isn't just that there's a lack of stuff. Famine also means that the price of stuff goes way through the roof while we're living that too. And the fourth horseman is death, which is really, in a sense, the result of all the other three. So here's me teaching or preaching that we let not our heart be troubled, and then I'm talking about all that's wrong, all the trouble that's there. But you see, there's a difference between trouble out there, all around us, and allowing that trouble to get in. So Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. So we're looking at Mark, Matthew's Gospel here, chapter 6, because in this, in this passage, we see the solution, we see the answer to trouble. But we also examine a little bit about how trouble works, or more really what he's talking about, uh, troubled hearts meaning fear. Okay? How, does, how does the fear get in, and how can we keep it out? Okay, so let's look at that. He says here in verse 24, No man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one, cling to the one, and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now mammon means wealth, riches, money, but really it's speaking about a principality called mammon. Okay? Uh, we cannot serve mammon and God. They're mutually exclusive. Okay? And you know, all the troubles that we have in life come from trying to serve both. Amen? Some people just outright serve mammon. They're greedy, they're covetous, they don't care. Uh, all they're after is money, wealth, riches, prestige, fame. And they don't really care. They'll trample on other people. Um, but most people, especially in church... They try to serve both. How do you serve mammon? Well, he goes ahead and tells us how. Because here's the shock 
Okay? You might be serving mammon and you don't know it. You might be saying, oh, I don't serve mammon. I'm a believer. I love Jesus. I'm on fire for Jesus. But you could be saying one thing with your mouth or believing that you serve Jesus, but you're actually serving mammon. Because he tells us how we serve mammon. In the next verse, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. And what that means is, don't worry. Don't get into worry. Don't be a worrier. Okay? If you're a worrier, you're taking thought for your life. You're worried. What are you worried about? He tells us what you shall eat, what you shall drink, your body, what you shall put on. He says, it's not the life more than me and the body and the raiment. Let me put that into language you might understand. How am I going to make it? How am I going to make it if prices go up? How am I going to make it if petrol goes up? How am I going to make it? Because have you seen the prices in that Morrison's? That's what he's talking about. Don't worry about stuff like that. If we spoke about lure pack, didn't we? Lure pack's seven pound now, isn't it? I think the last time I said it was a fiver. What if it goes up anymore? Well, we have to eat flora. Tragedy of tragedies. Well, you know, well, we have to get Morrison's absolutely butterly, which is only a pound right now because they're, they're, they're rich and rich in it. What am I going to do with it, my little pack? We had a situation in here one time where somebody didn't get lure pack <laughs> and, and they went nuts. You know, it, it was funny, but lure pack is just the one thing. What about everything else? I'm, I was in the supermarket this morning and I couldn't believe the price of orange juice. She's all creeping up. And that's what he's saying. Are you worried about these things? Are you worried that you won't be able to put as much in the car as you normally do? As one guy says, I don't know what all the fuss about the, the rising uh, petrol prices. I always, I always put £20 in anyway. Yeah? Because... But people, do, people that aren't that dumb understand that you get less in the tank as the price goes up. Do we take thought for these things? And, and that simply means, in the Greek it means to worry. Because worry is fear, exercise, isn't it? We're supposed to, the just shall live by faith, the, the believer is to live by faith, which means we live confident of God's supply, confident of God's salvation, Confident of his deliverance. Confident of his provision. Confident of his being our healer. Confident that every need we have is supplied out of the glory realms of God in Christ Jesus. Now that's faith, but the opposite of faith, that's walking by faith. Believing God is the opposite of worry. Because worry is believing what the devil can do to you. Or what the world can do to you. Take no thought for your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink. Then he says this. Behold the fowls of the air. Which simply means look at the birds. Okay. Behold the fowls of the air. Is King James language. Which means look at the birds. Behold them. 
Look at them. They sow not. They don't have gardens. They don't have fields. You know, what do bugs eat? Plants, seeds, yeah? But they don't do any sowing. Amen? They don't, they don't need, you know, if we want to eat, we have to sow crops. But bugs don't have to do that. Neither do they reap. They don't have combine harvesters. And then it says, nor gather into barns. Birds don't have barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? In other words, are ye not more important than the birds? Have you ever been, maybe in your garden, or you've been somewhere, or you've been out somewhere, and the ducks or whatever, the birds are there, and you, you, you want to feed them, you give them bread, or you throw stuff out of them, yeah? Well, don't do that, because you'll get rats in your back garden. But anyway... When you have, you have that urge, I always think about this. When you're sitting there and there's, oh, you need to feed them, we give them some bread. <clears throat> That's God feeding the birds through you. Amen. You're hearing from God. I, I always think that. It's, it's a nice way to look at it. It's not you being nice, it's God saying, they need to put that thought in their heart to feed them. God feeds the birds that don't do anything to feed themselves, other than eat. And he says, you're better than them. That's not saying, farmers, you don't need to sow this year. That's not saying to you and I, we don't need to sow. He's not saying that. What he's saying is you're more precious than birds who don't even sow, reap, or gather in the barns. God can meet your need even in the midst of famine. You know that scripture that says Isaac sowed uh, when there was famine in the land. Famine in the land. And he reaped a hundredfold. A hundredfold for the uh, harvest. And if you go and read it, it's quite amazing because it says, then the Lord be, then he began to prosper. He wasn't considered prospering until after he'd reached a hundredfold. That's amazing. We think that God is doing this, parceling out wee things to, oh well, oh they've got a need, well, okay then. We think that God is parsimonious. Okay, I suppose if you need it, yeah? Well folks, that's us, that's not the Heavenly Father. Okay, whatever your need, God will drown it in supply. If you believe him. And the reason he drowns it in supply is not so that you can get fat, it's so that you can share with others. Blessed to be a blessing. This, folks, we have to believe this, that we're blessed to be a blessing. This is a house of blessing because we bless others. Amen? So that's, that's what we... So then he says this. Which of you by taking thought... In other words, let's put it this way. Which of you by worrying... Which of you, by sitting, fussing and fretting and getting up and down the carpet and wringing your hands, which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit unto his stature? Amen? Worry won't make you taller. Worry won't add anything to you. What it probably will do is take it away from you because you're operating in fear when you operate in worry. And fear is what will make you lose and lack. 
So this is powerful stuff. Let not your heart be troubled. He's saying, here's how you serve mammon. In other words, here's how you live in a world of trouble and hurt and allow it to get into your heart and allow it to destroy you and you fret and you worry and you get all twisted inside because, oh, that might happen. Oh, what if that happens? How am I going to, how am I going to feed my family if lower pack is up to eight pounds? Amen? That's what he's saying. Which of you, by worrying, can do anything about some of these things? And why take ye thought of? Why worry about raiment? Raiment means clothing. Okay, well, I have to stop shopping at Marks and Spencer and have to go to Primark. Amen? I'm not knocking Primark. I, I, I wear clothes from Primark. Amen? I'm just kidding on. I'm just trying to say, well, I have to stop shopping at all those fancy shops and start going to Asda bargain rail. Okay, why, why, or will I have to go to the charity shops? Well, you know, again, charity shops, there's nothing wrong with them. Uh, but I'm just saying that's what people, people worry how they're going to clothe themselves. Especially if they can no longer go to uh, fancy shops. Consider, then he starts, not this time look at the verb, he says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't toil, neither do they spin. They don't work. Lilies don't work, they just grow in the field. Now he's, again, he's not saying you don't need to work. What he's saying is God can meet your needs because you're more precious than birds in the air and you're more precious than lilies in the field. He says, they don't toil, they don't spin. Yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. We looked at Solomon yesterday. If you were to study Solomon, how rich he was, how amazing his kingdom was, how much gold and silver and precious things, it, it, it would blow your mind. Billions and billions and billions of present day money. Well over a trillion in personal wealth for him. Conservative. So he would wear the very finest. You know, he might just wear something once. One day, just give it away. But the very best. But the Bible says that even Solomon, we all, at his peak, was not clothed like the lilies of the field. Amen? But look what he says next. Whereof, wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven of the Lord's flowers don't last long, do they? Lilies don't last long. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Take no thought. Take no thought. Don't worry. Don't fret your mind with how you're going to survive, how you're going to provide for yourself or your family or others, or, or what happens if the prices go up, what happens if petrol goes up, what happens if, if all of these things. What happens if I can't buy nice clothes anymore. I was listening to someone uh, the other day that said that, I think it's in America, 40% of Americans, and that would be true as well 
in other Western nations. 40% of Americans did not have any more than $400 in savings. That if something dramatic happened, they would be wiped out. 40% folks. It's probably the same here. Okay? You say, well, I'm, I'm okay. Well, that's great. But not everybody's okay. Okay? And a lot of people, if you're not okay, then your heart is going to get troubled. So, let not your heart be troubled becomes very real if something can trouble you like that. He says, let not your heart be troubled. And he says, don't worry about all these things. How are you going to clothe yourself, feed yourself, uh, put fuel in your car, pay your bills, pay your gas bill. Gas bills have doubled. Our gas bills doubled. And the same, yeah. Our bills are doubled. And, and we're told, well, wait till autumn. It's going to be really hot up there or not. Amen? So... You know, we're going to have to sit wrapped in quilts. Well, yes, if we worry. And we allow our hearts to be troubled. Because of the seven mammon. Seven mammon equals fear. Equals worry. Equals fretting. You say, but these are real things. What do we do? Have faith in God. Oh, it's easy to say that. No. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. And the reason maybe why we do sometimes get into situations is because we haven't had faith in God. We've maybe had faith in fear. We've maybe been operating in fear. And so we make wrong decisions. And I'm not just talking about finances. And neither is Jesus. But mammon means money. Therefore, take no... Now watch this. This is the thing I want you to see. This is where we're going with it. Verse 31 says, Jesus says, Therefore take no thought, saying. How do you take a thought? Well, you can think things, and we all have thoughts, don't we? We all have thoughts that attack us. Hands up if you've never had a thought that, that attacks you. Amen? We all have thoughts that we shouldn't have. Thoughts of worry, thoughts of fear, you know, and, and guess what? The media doesn't help. We were talking about this yesterday, sitting up there. The, the one last week was, you know that if you go and work in your garden, your soil is deadly and can kill you. Did you know that? That was, a, that was in the media last week. The soil is full of deadly poisons. Well, maybe around here because of the chemical works, but, but you know, let's be honest. The soil is going to kill you. You know, we're made, our bodies are made of it. Amen? Amen. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. From the earth you came to the earth you go. You know, our bodies are, so our bodies must be deadly poisonous now. All the nonsense. Why? To keep us in fear. Because a people in fear is a people controlled. And then the one this week is, Deadly heat. Heat that's going to kill you. Your insides will boil and all this. Folks, we used to talk about that when I was a boy. We called it summer. 
Amen. I remember somebody mentioned yesterday in the 1970s. I remember the summer in the 70s growing up. Weeks and weeks of blistering heat. And, and, and you're all red, remember? You're like a lobster. You'd come in, your mammy would drop cream on you. Yeah. You'd, you'd get gingy bottles. Remember drinking really ice cold uh, gingy bottles, limeade, orangeade, all that. And, and that's, that was summer. But now it's this kind of heat could kill you. Why? Fear. Worry. Okay? And what happens when you fear and when you worry, you will spend money. Won't you? You will spend money to buy the latest thing that will keep you alive or that will prevent this from happening to you. You know, um, serving mammon. Serving mammon equals fear. Serving God equals faith. So what's the answer? He says, take no thought, saying. So in other words, don't give voice to your worries. The thoughts may come, but just let them, uh, you know, a bird might come and land in your head. But you don't have to build an nest for it. And that's what we do. Your thoughts might come, well, what are we going to do? Look at seven pound fifty now. Petals are, oh my goodness. The thought may come, but don't start speaking it. Don't turn around to your neighbour or your husband or your wife and go, oh, what are we going to do? Oh, how, what are we going to eat? How are we going to get clothes? That's what he says. You take the thought by saying it. That's you building a nest. That's you creating something in you for fear and worry uh, and mammon to live in. Don't serve these things. Don't serve these fearful thoughts. Wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles see, or the nations see. Well, what he says, everybody needs these things. Okay? The difference is, is that the unbeliever is chasing these things. All these things the nations are seeking. Okay, that's why, you know, that's why TV programs have adverts. Because everybody wants to buy stuff. Amen? And what they want to do to buy, when they buy stuff is to soothe their worries. Well, if I get that, I'll feel better about myself. If I get that new dress. And this one's for the ladies, I hope. If I get that new dress, I'll feel much better about myself. Okay? And if any of the jets have those thoughts, there's counselling available. <laughs> Uh, and, and, or, you know, oh, that, that bread looks lovely. I'm going to buy that bread. Whatever it is, you see, advertisers, and I was, this is, and my business background was PR, marketing, advertising. They know all the buttons to press. And a lot of those buttons, really, most of those buttons, if probably all of those buttons, are based in fear. And, and you're keeping up with the Joneses. Is it? People who keep up with the Joneses, and that's a whole bunch of folks, they're an advertiser's dream because, oh, I see uh, Jim next door's got a new motor. What are they going to think of us? We're driving about in a 70-year-old car. He's got a brand new car. We need to keep up with Jim. Or they'll th think less of us. You go into that dealer tomorrow, Jesse. 
and find out how much we can borrow. See if we can get the model that's above his. Am I right? Oh, uh, so you've seen her walking down the street with uh, all that nice new clobber. I tell you what, I'm going into Mark's outlet. In fact, no, I'm going into Mark's and Spencer, the proper store. Because she's not going to be looking better than me in the summer. Amen? Or, you know, well, that advertiser told me that that's the healthiest, um, you know, food to buy. So I need to get into Asda and buy that. All these levers and buttons that are pushed. Amen? Because we've got to have it. To make us worry less, feel better about ourselves, assuage our fears. And he says, well, look at this. After all these things, did the Gentiles or the nations see? For your heavenly Father knows you have need of all these things. I'm not saying, you know, don't buy new clothes. Or don't buy any food. Or don't buy a new car. Or don't. He says, God knows you need stuff. Okay? Let not your heart be troubled, because God knows what your needs are. In every realm, spiritually. So, in the soul, in the mind, and of course physically. Food, clothing, a, a, a nice house to live in. God knows you need these things. You didn't catch him by surprise. Okay, when you woke up and discovered that your shoes were talking to you. The souls were coming, oh, what am I going to do? Have you seen the price of shoes? He knows we need these things. We say, well, you know, that's not very spiritual, talking about physical needs. Folks, let me tell you right now, we're in a time of famine. So we, we, we need to deal with it. People need to know that God will meet their needs in every realm and area of life. Because if it's just salvation, uh, eternal life insurance, then we of all men will be miserable. He meets our every need. We're talking about healing. Ah, well, you know, my spirit's saved. It doesn't matter if my body's falling apart. It doesn't matter. You know, I'll just put up with the pain because my, my, my... my soul saved. Folks, spirit, soul, and body, salvation, healing, deliverance is available. And God is just as interested in your wallet, in your purse, in your bank accounts, as he is in anything else. Because we're a blessed people. We're not chasing after these things in covetousness. We don't have to. Because if we understand how God sets these things up, these things chase after us. Goodness and mercy shall follow me of all the days of my life. Not I will be chasing after them. Seek ye first, he says, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. What he's saying is, well, the whole world's out there hunting stuff. Because they're worried and afraid and they're, they're chiseling and they're, they're conning and they're scamming and they're, they're ducking and diving and, and being tripped away. He says, he adds to you because you're after him. Amen. Seek you first. Therefore, he says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. Who's worried about tomorrow? They'll don't be because Jesus says don't be. But the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. 
Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. This very quickly before I close this. What I want to show you is the answer to everything that we've looked at is in this chapter. We didn't read it. I'm just going to read it. And it says here, verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Now watch this. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's nothing to fear in heaven. There's nothing to worry about in heaven. All your needs are met in glorious superabundance in heaven. And he says, pray that as it is in heaven, so it will be here. He even starts to go on. Give us this day our daily bread. Now that doesn't mean what we think it means. Give me just a wee bit every day, Lord. That's not what he's talking about. What he's saying is, every day you walk in provision. Some people need more than others, don't they? Some people have got a bigger heating bill than others. Some people are responsible for many others. Amen. Give us this day of bread. And forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. Walk in forgiveness, folks. So important. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. What he's saying here is what he just said at the end of the chapter. Every day brings its own evil. Doesn't it? Sufficient unto the day is the evil of You know, what's going to happen tomorrow? Rather than, oh, what's going to happen? Oh, what will happen today? What might happen tomorrow? Just say, I've got enough grace in my life to meet today. And I'll have even more tomorrow. Amen. Amen. So don't take thought. Don't speak your fears. Don't speak your worries. But speak. Thy kingdom come in my life. Your will be done in my life, Lord, as it is in heaven. Amen. The Lord bless you, folks.